Chapter Thirty Eight of Ms. Marjoribanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ms. Marjoribanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter Thirty Eight. It would be vain to follow Lucilla in detail through her consistent and admirable career nor is it necessary to say that she went on steadily in face of all her discouragements with that mixture of success and failure which comes natural to all human affairs the singular thing about it was that the years passed on and that she was permitted by the world in general to fulfil her own promise and prophecy about remaining ten years at home to be a comfort to her dear papa she had been nineteen when she began her career and she was nine-and-twenty when that little episode occurred with young dr rider before he was married to his present wife there would have been nothing in the least unsuitable in a marriage between dr rider and miss marchbanks though people who were the best informed never thought either of them had any serious meaning but of course the general public having had lucilla for a long time before their eyes naturally added on seven or eight years to her age and concluded her to be a great deal older than the young doctor though everybody allowed that it would have been a most advantageous match for him in every possible point of view but however it did not come to anything no more than a great many other nibbles of the same kind did the period arrived at which lucilla had thought she might perhaps have begun to go off in her looks but still there was no immediate appearance of any change of name or condition on her part many people quite congratulated themselves on the fact as it was impossible to imagine what might be the social condition of grange lane without miss marchbanks but it is doubtful whether lucilla congratulated herself she was very comfortable no doubt in every way and met with little opposition to speak of and had things a great deal more in her own hands than she might have had had there been a husband in the case to satisfy but notwithstanding she had come to an age when most people have husbands and when an independent position in the world becomes necessary to self-respect to be sure lucilla was independent but then there is a difference as everybody knows and miss marjoribanks could not but feel that the world had not shown that appreciation of her to which in her earlier days she looked forward with so little fear the ten years as they had really gone by were very different from the ten years she had looked forward to when in the triumph of her youth she named that period as the time when she might probably begin to go off and would be disposed to marry by this time the drawing-room carpets and curtains had faded a little and lucilla had found out that the delicate pale green which suited her complexion was not to call a profitable colour and nobody could have thought or said that to marry at this period would be in the least degree to swindle the doctor thus the moment had arrived to which she looked forward but the man had not arrived with it ten years had passed during which she had been at the head of society in grange lane and a great comfort to her dear papa and now if there remained another development for lucilla's character it was about time that it should begin to show itself but at the same time the main element necessary for that new development did not seem at present likely to be found in grange lane unless indeed it might happen to be found in the person of mr ashburton who was so often in carlingford that he might be said to form a part of society there 
it was he who was related to the richmonds who as everybody knows were a family much respected in the county he had been at the bar and even begun to distinguish himself before old miss penryn died and left him the furs he had begun to distinguish himself but he had not it appeared gone so far as to prevent him from coming down to his new property and settling upon it and taking his place as a local notability he was not a man who could be expected to care for evening parties in a provincial town but he never refused to dine with dr marchbanks and was generally popular upstairs where he always paid a little attention to lucilla though nothing very marked and noticeable mr ashburton was not like mr cavendish for instance if anybody remembered mr cavendish a man whose money might be in the funds but who more probably speculated everybody knew everything about him which was an ease to the public mind the furs was as well known as carlingford steeple and how much it was worth a year and everything about it and so was the proprietor's pedigree which could be traced to a semi-mythical personage known as old penryn whose daughter was sir john richmond's grandmother the first it is true had descended in the female line but still it is something to know where a man comes from even on one side mr ashburton made himself very agreeable in the neighbourhood and was never above enlightening anybody on a point of law he used to say that it was kind to give him something to do which was an opinion endorsed practically by a great many people it is true that some of his neighbours wondered much to see his patience and could not make out why he chose to rusticate at the first at his age and with his abilities but either he never heard these wanderings or at least he never took any notice of them he lived as if he liked it and settled down and presented to all men an aspect of serene contentment with his sphere and it would be difficult to say what suggestion or association it was which brought him all of a sudden into miss marchbanks's head one day when seeing a little commotion in master's shop she went in to hear what it was about the cause of the commotion was an event which had been long expected and which indeed ten years before had been looked on as a possible thing to happen any day the wonder was not that old mr chiltern should die but that he should have lived so long the ladies and masters cried poor dear old man and said to each other that however long it might have been expected a death always seemed sudden at the last but to tell the truth the stir made by this death was rather pleasant than sad people thought not of the career which was ended but of the one which must now begin and of the excitement of an election which was agreeable to look forward to as for lucilla when she too had heard the news and had gone on upon her way it would be vain to assert that a regretful recollection of the time when mr cavendish was thought a likely man to succeed mr chiltern did not occur to her but when miss marjoribanks had dismissed that transitory thought mr ashburton suddenly came into her head by one of those intuitions which have such an effect upon the mind that receives them lucilla was not of very marked political opinions and perhaps was not quite aware what mr ashburton's views were on the irish church question or upon parliamentary reform but she said after that it came into her mind in a moment like a flash of lightning that he was the man the idea was so new and so striking that she turned back and went in the excitement of the moment to suggest it to mrs chiley and see what her old friend and the colonel would say 
of course if such a thing was practicable there was no time to lose she turned round quickly according to her prompt nature and such was her absorbed interest in the idea of mr ashburton that she did not know until she had almost done it that she was walking straight into her hero's arms oh mr ashburton said lucilla with a little scream is it you my mind was quite full of you i could not see you for thinking do come back with me for i have something very particular to say to me said mr ashburton looking at her with a smile and a sudden look of interest for it is always slightly exciting to the most philosophical mortal to know that somebody else's mind is full of him what you have said already is so flattering i did not mean anything absurd said miss marjoribanks don't talk any nonsense please mr ashburton do you know that old mr chiltern is dead lucilla put the question solemnly and her companion grew a little red as he looked at her it is not my fault he said though he still smiled and then he grew redder and redder though he ought to have been above showing these signs of emotion and looked at her curiously as if he would seize what she was going to say out of her eyes or her lips before it was said it is not anything to laugh about said lucilla he was a very nice old man but he is dead and somebody else must be member for carlingford that was why i told you that my mind was full of you i am not in the least superstitious said miss marjoribanks solemnly but when i stood there there just in front of mr holden's you came into my mind like flash of lightning i was not thinking of you in the least and you came into my mind like like minerva you know it was not an intimation i don't know what it was and that was why i ran against you and did not see you were there mr ashburton it is you who must be the man said lucilla it was not a thing to speak lightly about and for her part she spoke very solemnly and as for mr ashburton his face flushed deeper and deeper he stood quite still in the excitement of the moment as if she had given him a blow miss marjoribanks i don't know how to answer you he cried and then he put out his hand in an agitated way and grasped her hand you are the only creature in carlingford man or woman that has divined me he said in a trembling voice it was a little public at the top of grange lane where people were liable to pass at every moment but still miss marjoribanks accepted the pressure of the hand which to be sure had nothing whatever to do with love-making she was more shy of such demonstrations than she had been in her confident youth knowing that in most cases they never came to anything and at the same time that the spectators kept a vivid recollection of them but still in the excitement of the moment miss marjoribanks accepted and returned in a womanly way the pressure of mr ashburton's hand come in and let us talk it over lucilla said feeling that no time was to be lost it was a conference very different from that which had mr chiltern been so well advised as to die ten years before might have been held in dr marjoribanks's drawing-room over his successor's prospects but at the same time there was something satisfactory to the personal sentiments of both in the way in which this conversation had come about when lucilla took off her hat and sat down to give him all her attention mr ashburton could not but feel the flattering character of the interest she was taking in him she was a woman and young comparatively speaking and was by no means without admirers and unquestionably took the lead in society and to be divined by such a person was perhaps on the whole sweeter to the heart of the aspirant than if colonel chiley had found out his secret or dr marjoribanks 
or even the rector and lucilla for her part had all that natural pleasure in being the first to embrace a new interest which might or might not have very important results which was natural under the circumstances let us talk it all over she said giving mr ashburton a chair near her own if i believed in spirit rapping you know i should be sure that was what it meant i was not thinking of you in the least and all at once like a flash of lightning mr ashburton sit down and tell me what is the first thing that must be done if i could ask you to be on my committee that would be the first thing to be done said mr ashburton but unfortunately i can't do that let me tell you in the first place how very much i am obliged don't say that please said miss marchbanks with her usual good sense for i have done nothing but papa can be on the committee mr ashburton and old colonel chiley who is such a one for politics and of course sir john that will be a very good beginning and after that my dear miss marchbanks mr ashburton said with a smile and a little hesitation sir john takes exactly the other side in politics and i am afraid the doctor and the colonel are not of the same way of thinking and then my opinions if they are not of the same way of thinking we must make them said lucilla after having such an intimation i am not going to be put off for a trifle and besides what does it matter about opinions i am sure i have heard you all saying over and over that the thing was to have a good man don't go and make speeches about opinions if you begin with that there is no end to it said miss marchbanks i know what you gentlemen are but if you just say distinctly that you are the best man it would be an odd thing to say for oneself said mr ashburton and he laughed but to tell the truth he was not a man of very quick understanding and at the first outset of the thing he did not understand lucilla and he was a little just a very little disappointed she had divined him which was a wonderful proof of her genius but yet at the bottom she was only an ignorant woman after all i see it all quite clear what to do said miss marchbanks you must have the colonel and sir john and everybody i would not pay the least attention to tories or whigs or to anything of that sort for my part i don't see any difference all that has to be said about it is simply that you are the right man papa might object to one thing and the colonel might object to another and then if sir john as you say is of quite another way of thinking but you are the man for carlingford all the same and none of them can say a word against that said lucilla with energy she stopped short with her colour rising and her eyes brightening she felt herself inspired which was a new sensation and very pleasant and then the idea of such a coming struggle was sweet to miss marjoribanks and the conviction burst upon her that she was striking out a perfectly new and original line as for her candidate he smiled and hesitated and paid her pretty little compliments for a few minutes longer and said it was very good of her to interest herself in his fortunes all which lucilla listened to with great impatience feeling that it had nothing to do with the matter in hand but then after these few minutes had elapsed the meaning of his fair adviser as he called her began to dawn upon mr ashburton's mind he began to prick up his mental ears so to speak and see that it was not womanish ignorance but an actual suggestion 
for after all so long as he was the man for carlingford all the rest was of little importance he took something out of his pocket which was his address to the constituency of carlingford for being anxious on the subject he had heard of mr chiltern's death an hour or two before anybody else and choke full of political sentiments in it he described to the electors what he would do if they sent him to parliament as carefully as if their election could make him prime minister at least and naturally a man does not like to sacrifice such a confession of faith i should like to read it to you he said spreading it out with affectionate care but lucilla had already arranged her plans and knew better than that if you were to read it to me said miss marchbanks i should be sure to be convinced that you were quite right and to go in with you for everything and then i should be no good you know if it were to drive papa and sir john and the colonel all to their own ways of thinking we never should make any progress i would never mind about anybody's ways of thinking if i were you after all said lucilla with a fine satire of which she was unconscious what does it matter what people think i suppose when it comes to doing anything the whigs and tories are just the same mr ashburton it is a man that is wanted said miss marchbanks with all the warmth of sudden conviction she felt a little like joan of arc as she spoke when an army has the aid of a sacred maiden to bring inspiration to its councils the idea of going on in the old formal way is no longer to be tolerated and such was the force of lucilla's conviction that mr ashburton though he felt a little affronted and could not but look with fond and compunctious regret upon his address yet began more and more to feel that there was justice in what she said i will think over what you say he said rather stiffly and put up his address for it was natural when he had done her such an honour as to offer to read it to her that he should be affronted by her refusal it was a bold experiment on lucilla's part but then she was carried out of herself at the moment by this singular flash of inspiration i will think over what you say mr ashburton continued and if my judgment approves at all events i shall not issue this till i have thought it all over i am sure i am extremely obliged to you for your interest and here he stopped short and looked as if he were going to get up and go away which would have spoiled all you are going to stop to lunch said lucilla somebody is sure to come in and you know you must not lose any opportunity of seeing people i am so glad to-night is thursday tell me just one thing mr ashburton before any one comes there is one thing that is really important and must be fixed upon if we were to make any mistake you know what said the candidate eagerly about the income tax i have expressed myself very clearly lucilla smiled compassionately and with the gentlest tolerance at this wild suggestion i was not thinking of the income tax she said with that meekness which people assume when it is of no use being impatient i was thinking what your colours were to be i would not have anything to do with the old colours for my part they would be as bad as opinions you know you may laugh but i am quite in earnest said miss marchbanks as for mr ashburton he did not begin to laugh until he had fixed upon her that gaze of utter amazement and doubt with which on many similar occasions ordinary people had regarded lucilla thinking she was joking or acting or doing something quite different from the severe sincerity which was her leading principle she was so used to it that she waited with perfect patience till her companion's explosion of amusement was over 
he was thinking to himself what a fool she was or what a fool he was to think of taking a woman into his counsels or what curious unintelligible creatures women were made up of sense and folly and all the time he laughed which was a relief to his feelings miss marjoribanks laughed a little too to keep him in countenance for she was always the soul of good nature and then she repeated be sure to tell me what our colours are to be i am sure i don't know anything about colours said the candidate any more than you do about opinions i think they are equally unimportant to say the least i shall adopt the colours of my fair counsellor mr ashburton added laughing and making a mock bow to her and getting his hat as he did so for he had naturally calmed down a little from the first enthusiasm with which he had hailed the woman who divined him and he did not mean to stay the blue and the yellow are the old colours said lucilla thoughtfully and you are the new man you know and we must not meddle with these antiquated things do you think this would do as she spoke she took up a handful of ribbons which were lying by and put them up to her face with an air of serious deliberation which once more disturbed mr ashburton's gravity and yet when a young woman who is not at all bad-looking puts up a rustling gleaming knot of ribbons to her hair and asks a man's opinions of the same the man must be a philosopher or a wretch indeed who does not give a glance to see the effect the candidate for carlingford looked and approached and even in the temptation of the moment took some of the long streamers in his hand and he began to think miss marjoribanks was very clever and the most amusing companion he had met for a long time and her interest in him touched his heart and after all it is no drawback to a woman to be absurd by moments his voice grew quite soft and caressing as he took the end of ribbon into his hand if they are your colours they shall be mine he said with a sense of patronage and protection which was very delightful and the two were still talking and laughing over the silken link thus formed between them when the people came in whom lucilla was expecting to lunch and who were naturally full of mr chiltern's death which poor old man was so sudden at the least mr ashburton stayed though he had not intended it and made himself very pleasant and lucilla took no pains to conceal her opinion that the thing was neither to consider whigs nor tories but a good man and major brown who had come with his daughters echoed this sentiment so warmly that mr ashburton was entirely convinced of the justice of miss marjoribanks ideas we can't have a tipper-topper you know major brown said who was not very refined in his expressions and what i should like to see is a man that knows the place and would look after carlingford that's what we're all looking for mr ashburton did not declare himself to major brown but he dashed off his new address ten minutes after he had taken leave of miss marjoribanks and put the other one in the fire like a christian and telegraphed for his agent to town lucilla for her part made an effort equally great and uncompromising she took the ribbon mr ashburton had played with and cut it up into cockades of all descriptions it was an early moment but still there was no time to be lost with a matter of such importance and she wore one on her breast and one in her hair when mr ashburton's address was published and all the world was discussing it 
of course they are his colours that's why i wear them said lucilla i shall always think there was something very strange in it just after i had heard of poor old mr chiltern's death as i was passing holden's when i was not in the least thinking of him he came into my mind like a flash of lightning you know if i had been very intimate with poor old mr chiltern or if i had believed in spirit rapping i should think that was it he came into my head without my even thinking of him all in a moment with his very hat on and his umbrella like minerva wasn't it minerva said miss marchbanks and she took up mr ashburton's cause openly and unfurled his standard and did not even ask her father's opinion papa knows about politics but he has not had an intimation as i have said lucilla and naturally she threw all the younger portion of grange lane which was acquainted with mr ashburton and looked forward eagerly to a little excitement and liked the idea of wearing a violet and green cockade into a flutter of excitement among these rash young people there were even various individuals who took lucilla's word for it and knew that mr ashburton was very nice and did not see that anything more was necessary to be sure these enthusiasts were chiefly women and in no cases had votes but miss marjoribanks with instinctive correctness of judgment decided that there were more things to be thought of than the electors and she had the satisfaction of seeing with her own eyes and hearing with her own ears the success of that suggestion of her genius carlingford had rarely been more excited by any public event than it was by the address of the new candidate who was in the field before anybody else and who had the boldness to come before them without uttering any political creed the enlightened electors of carlingford do not demand like other less educated constituencies a system of political doctrines cut and dry or a representative bound to give up his own judgment and act according to arbitrary promises said the daring candidate what they want is an honest man resolved to do his duty by his country his borough and his constituency and it is this idea alone which has induced me to solicit your suffrages this was what mr ashburton said in his address though at that moment he had still his other address in his pocket in which he had entered at some length into his distinctive personal views it was thus that an independent candidate unconnected with party took the field in carlingford with miss marjoribanks like another joan of arc with a knot of ribbons violet and green in her hair to inspire and lead him on End of chapter 38 Recording by Maricel Quee